bit of the best advice you ever got. We're glad you're here with us and that you've sent us your gossip and asked us for advice. I'm Elio, I use they them pronouns, and I'm here with my ever delightful and shameless <laughs> co-host and Hegelian co-host Sam, who uses he him. Yeah. yeah, I do. Hi. Um, I, I, I literally just told um, Elio that I'd been reading a tiny bit of Hegel and I don't I don't really get it apart from the dialectical stuff. But, um, <laughs> but even not getting it, you're still the Hegel expert in this conversation. That, well, that, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, bow down to me. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the podcast's foremost Hegelian <laughs> expert. Also, also, what I love about this is I say I've been reading some Hegel. I haven't. I've been reading this graphic guide. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not even. No, that's still, that's still, that's still I think I mean, that's legit. It's still more Hegel than, you know, either of us had read like before, before yeah. last week. It's more Hegel than a blank piece of paper. That's true. Um, just a reminder that while we're here to give advice, we don't know your situation. We don't know the full story or all of the details. So take what we say with a grain of salt, uh, take what serves you from what we say and leave the rest. Yeah. Shall we, shall we start this episode of, on Hegel? This is actually, yeah, let's... there's no, there's no advice this week or no. this month. There's, um. We're just searching for the absolute truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we kind of are, right? I mean, yeah, I don't it's... know what absolute truth means to Hegel, but no. we are searching for some kind of grain of truth in these yeah. questions that can be something that we all connect with, we all feel, we all understand. Oh, God, now you're the Hegel expert. Fuck, oh, that's so <laughs> annoying. I thought I knew everything. We're just past the baton back and forth. <clears throat> that's really good. Well, that's dialectics. See, I don't even understand dialectics either, so oh, God, I've taken nothing from this graphic guide. <laughs> best Hegel advice you ever got <laughs> actually that's not true because there's no way that we're possibly giving the best Hegel advice the thing I would really love is if Hegel is like pronounced differently because it's like a German name and it's like hey hi I don't know another word and we're just yeah. like being like oh Hegel for sure yeah, 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 yeah. what a pair of dummies I, yeah I think that's definitely happening um so we've got a couple updates from the last episode even though it was a little while ago just things people sent in with their little bits of advice or their thoughts um, I can't totally remember the things that we discussed in the last episode. So this first like <laughs> bit of like, oh, here's something that relates. Um, I don't know where it comes from. I can't quite remember, but it's good. So this person has said, an old housemate would shave every inch of his body and would do it in the shower. The house only had one shower, so everyone had to wait while he did it. And it, he really took his time doing it. Eventually, everyone got so curious, they all shaved their bums too, and it was fun for a day, but then the stubble <laughs> came back, and it wasn't nice. Oh. A house full of stubbly bums. Wait, is this uh, is this related to me talking about wanting to like be completely hairless? Oh, okay, okay yeah, that must be why. I was just yeah, like, yeah. why did someone send us a story about oh. the housemate who shaves every inch of his body, but... Oh, That's awesome. Why. I hope you had uh, an awesome first day or 12 hours or something. <laughs> with the, everyone with their shiny bums. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And so now this is a couple of feedbacks for the question asker who had all the details, who we didn't get an update from, which is sad because I want to oh. know how it went. She was the one who was like, I had this thing with this person and then we're friends now and what do I do and how do I follow it up? Um, but some other people had their thoughts on this situation which was 
if I was her friend and she was asking me, I think I'd say to her to spend some time thinking about what she'd like the relation to look like if it changes. Like, does she want them to dive straight into something really intense and close, or would she like to keep things basically the same, but gradually introduce more physical and or sexual intimacy? Like, where does she feel like she wants to, the redrawn boundaries to lie? Because I feel like having some idea of that will help her to have the conversation in a more structured way and maybe give her more confidence to bring it up with the person because she'll feel like she has more to say than just, ah, I like you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and someone else said, I've been in situations where people have revealed that they've been holding a candle for me and it's only ever been awkward in my experience when they didn't qualify it or add any caveats. So I fancy you and I think we should date or I fancy you, but it's also totally fine if you don't feel the same way is so much better to hear than just I fancy you. Mm. Mm. I love the phrase holding a candle for you. That's so nice. That's so that's so old and romantic. <laughs> it is really nice, isn't it? That's do interesting you... about caveats. I think. What do you think? Do you agree? Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good to do not just necessary for the other person, but like for yourself, because then you're going in being like, I know what I want out of this situation. I know what my expectations are. I know how I feel. Whereas if you're just going and being like, I fancy you, you're kind of like, I have feelings and I need you to help take care of them for me. Mm. And that's like not a good situation for anyone involved. Right. Whereas if you're going and being like, I fancy you and I'd like this outcome or which is kind of more vulnerable, right? Because you have to admit that you want something, which is like horrifying sometimes. Yeah. And scary. But I think better to do if like you can. And then the other one of like, it's fine if you don't feel this way. You're like showing that person that you care about how they feel and that you have got a bit of uncertainty, but like there's they're not being pressured into like, you know, saying a certain thing. Like you totally do not need them to like center your feelings in them responding to your expression of your feelings. Hmm. Yeah. No? Yeah. I think, I think I agree. I think that's what I would do. Um, but also just thinking about what my therapist always tells me about, like, <laughs> <laughs> to like stop trying to accommodate other people so much. Yeah. And actually like you can sort of show someone an element of, respect to just go like okay this is how i feel yeah I, and also to go like i don't know how this this might change our relationship and it's uh my, my instinct would be to go i i fancy you and you know but if if you don't or you don't want it to go anywhere or whatever that'll be fine and it won't change our relationship and whatever <laughs> <laughs> as long as you know that everything you need is totally fine and my yeah, yeah, feelings yeah. are not yeah 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 because yeah. that becomes like i don't want to be inconvenient with my feelings exactly whereas actually like it's it's fine if it changes and if it needs to or also maybe it's not fine and <laughs> maybe that does fundamentally change it yeah. i don't know i yeah i really don't know there what what the best thing to do um i mean there's not a universal truth but maybe the absolute truth is that um there are all these different ways of dealing with it i'm trying to like do some hegel stuff and it's oh not God, working he's just bringing it back in <laughs> But do you know um, what I mean? Like, you I was like taking be... you really seriously there as well. I was like, okay, absolute truth. Like, let's get into it. And then you're like, I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but um, I think it's nice to show that you are being considerate, but just also at the same time, don't overdo it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, because yeah, if you send a message being like, it's totally fine if you feel the same way. Um, I know that you like probably hate me and never want to speak to me again, but oh, I just God, felt like yeah. I had to tell you. Then it becomes like, okay, this is 
not just an offer to be like, hey, like if you want to say no, that's totally okay. It becomes a like, I'm scared you're going to say no and I need you to reassure me that you're not going to in this like big fussy pot spot way, which I get the like instinct to do, but I think a bit of restraint there is better. Definitely. It's also not very sexy. No, it's not. (laughs) I mean, different people find different things sexy. And some people like it when others beg. And so maybe emotional <laughs> begging from the beginning is a good situation. <laughs> maybe. maybe that's going to look to someone like a little bit of like, oh, this could go somewhere. Oh, okay. A bit of begging. A, f- a little fuss pot begging. Okay. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Talk <about> language. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about if like I was getting that message. I think if someone just said, I fancy you, I'd be like, or what, like, what, what do you want to do about What it? do you want from me? Like, <laughs> why are you telling me this? Like, are you being like, I fancy you, but I'm in a 10-year monogamous relationship, and so mm. I can't do anything to break free. Like, of course, my imagination would be like, let's come up with the most outlandish possible situation <laughs> this is happening in. So I think doing the qualify of being like, you know, I fancy you, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping this might happen would be I would find that a better way to ask because mm. then I'd be like oh okay I kind of get what you want and so then I can think about what I want rather than being like yes. so what's happening like what does that mean are you just telling me do you want something or do you like you know yeah I think you're so right like that that's so much better to say directly what you want like I like mm. you I think we should go on a date do you fancy it yeah <laughs> um yeah 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 and it can also clarify the situation like, I did that with someone where I was like, oh, I'm into you. And so that means in this situation, I want to date you. Like, that's what I'm looking for here. And then when it was a bit complicated, I was like, oh, I have a measure for myself to be like, mm, the thing I want is this. That feels like it's not going to happen or like it's become complicated. So mm. this situation isn't for me rather than like, oh, I just like you. Oh, I guess I'll just like float around nearby in your proximity, you know. Like, it's, yeah. I think it's. I think it's good clarifying for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, did you say proximity? P- proximity. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like proximity is like, whoa, okay. That is that is quite saucy. <laughs> I did not say proximity, but I'm glad that you've now said it. Okay, well, yeah, that was just that was just in my head. Okay, that was just, well, that was just I've a... revealed way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've revealed too much. Okay, shall we move on? Yep. Um, and then the last piece of feedback someone gave, very short, just said, just get over it. Don't go back a third time. Stop lingering on it. Whoa. I'm never about that life. I'm like, linger, linger. <laughs> Do you have to let it linger? Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't understand this. And then I thought about it and was like, oh, like there could be the context of like, you keep trying to make this thing, you keep trying to make fetch happen. You keep trying to make this thing happen. <laughs> Can this just be the Mean Girls and Hegel episode? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, Stop Making Fetch Happen is from Clueless, actually. A slightly different generation of the same film. Well, what, really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Stop Trying to Make Fetch Happen is Clueless. Oh, my God. Now I might be wrong. Uh-oh. Oh, this is alarming. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, Always at Mean can, Girls. We can get updates from our listeners. I think it's Mean Girls. I think I was, I'm wrong. I'm already, I'm quickly ready to admit that I was wrong. Oh, see, and that's, isn't that nice? 
You're really happy about that one. Look how much you're enjoying that. So delighted. Isn't it nice when I'm right? <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, so I've got a relish in it when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that I can understand that to be like, look, you just have to get over it. Like, stop trying to make it happen. Stop trying to go back to it. Stop lingering on it. And like, just thinking about it, like, give yourself a break and give yourself a like. A f- not a fresh start necessarily, but like a mm. bit of relief from like obsessive focus on this. I don't think it's quite right for the situation as it was described. Like it did yeah. seem like it was worth like one last clarifying conversation and then move on, like depending on what the outcome is. But I can mm. see that maybe after, because the first two times there was like complications. Mm. And so then this is the third time of being like, look, we're in a different situation there's still some stuff going like this unresolved stuff like let's clear it up and figure out what our situation is whereas if it was like you know we've had the conversation six times then I'd be like yeah you just need to move on and get over it but I don't yeah. think in this situation it was quite there I don't think it was quite there that's so our vibe though we're gonna err towards the like go on give yeah. it one one more chance for a bit more like clarity yeah um, a little bit more suffering yeah whereas <laughs> maybe maybe that's not I don't know sometimes I think it might be better to take a hint sometimes if something's difficult then maybe it's not worth it as opposed to where I went on a a, like a few dates with someone in in like quick succession Mm. and those happened partly because I was just like oh this could happen and then uh, it was a bit difficult for her or something and I was like oh that's fine I'll move heaven and earth to make this happen that's not a problem um but then but then in the end, when it then sort of didn't go anywhere, I was left feeling a bit like, what? Mm. But maybe if I'd have read a bit sooner that like, maybe I need to see a bit more enthusiasm from her rather yeah. than, because because I was like, no, but this is really good because clearly it's clearly it's good. But actually, maybe taking a bit more time and going, I do actually need to see a bit more. Yeah, I need to see someone else moving heaven and earth a little bit in order to, like, make this happen. I think it's, like, moving outside the realm of imagination and, like, outside of the realm of, like, what you hope might happen or what you think would be really nice to happen or what it would be, like, really good if if it was happening into, like, what is actually happening. And sometimes it's hard because, like, early days and cutie time is, like, when you're kind of imagining all the possibilities and, like, enjoying Mm. that. But sometimes it means you can get like, not you, but one can get carried away mm. into like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we went on all these dates and like had a really nice time together? And meanwhile, the other person's like, not sure, but because you're like mm. caught up in your like whimsical imagination. I mean, yeah. at, least, at least I know I can sometimes do that, like be like, but like, I'll be really sad if something ends. I remember a few years ago, I was really sad that something ended and my friends were like, why that person was a dick and I was like, <laughs> but I could really see like something nice between us and it was like oh what you're grieving is like the imaginary relationship you oh, were gonna have God. with this yeah, person so true so true yeah I was so sad after this thing ended and we went on three dates in a week oh that's quite like, nice though it's really oh and it was so nice like great vibes but there was just some like added complications in there and but, like what thought that she didn't like you <laughs> well I think she like she had another partner and it was uh, it was and she she was kind of wrestling a little bit with like what the what her position on that was 
Um, but then we had a really nice time when we went on a on a date. So then mm, okay, it was yeah. then it was then just complicated. And instead of me going like nothing's complicated, everything's fine. It, it's it then it it means that actually that doesn't acknowledge the fact that like it is a little bit complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it does need some navigating through. And um, even though we had a really nice time, she wasn't. She might just not have wanted to have these two things going on at once. Mm-hmm. And um, that was then difficult. So um, it, instead, mate, I could have been more considerate to go like maybe slow down just because it's nice just because it's like yeah i'm having a nice yeah. time whatever and she's having a nice time as well but could there's could some just... context here that needs to be properly like given time to as well exactly exactly so yeah that's where i i was then a bit sad afterwards because i was like oh i could have made that work and that could have been fine but actually it couldn't because yeah she, like it wasn't it wasn't quite right and that that's okay and you don't have to <laughs> keep lingering <laughs> yeah yeah you're yeah. so right about the imagine the imaginary thing yeah um yeah interesting yeah the ways we can hurt our own feelings <laughs> <laughs> that's so true yeah um yeah. the thing that you were saying relates to one of our questions this week Woo-hoo! Um, do you want to hear it oh yes please i mean it sort of does but it sort of doesn't anyway it doesn't matter uh, so this person's a they them And they say, I have been polyamorous for almost 10 years now. I realized a while ago that during that time, I have not really been totally single for any significant stretch. I have been in relationships and or more casual situations basically the whole time. Sometimes I think maybe that's not a good thing and that I should take time to be on my own and focus on self-development, etc. But then I think that there's so much amazing growth and learning I've done through being poly and having so many varied and wonderful relationships and that actually everything is fine. Given that I have also noticed some reoccurring patterns in how relationships have ended, do you think it's wise slash healthy for me to be continuously romantically and sexually involved with people without any re- real breaks to be fully myself? I think my very first reaction to this is that if you're saying everything is fine, then <laughs> there's a problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Also, that the probably if you're seeing these regular patterns and you don't like them, it probably is good to see a therapist about it, I think, yeah. um, if you can. I think this is a hard one because for me the answer is, yeah, like you need to take some time on your own. Like you need to commit to like a period of time where you're not going to be like dating or getting involved or seeing yourself through the lens of other people or like not through the lens of other people but only experiencing yourself in relation to like potential romantic um or sexual Mm. relationships and just like what it's like like find out what it's like even if you're like actually no this does work after I don't know six months find out what it's like to be on your own um just to see what it's like like just to have experienced it you know in the the rainbow of human experience (laughs) but I'm also not like break up with everybody that you're currently dating so that you can be on your own so like yeah, not to bang about about therapy and my own therapist too much, but, but, <laughs> but she's just a legend. Um, she, yeah, she. I, I I think there's kind of two things maybe going on there. There's like, um, the the necessary space that it it takes up in your life to navigate someone else's life, um, and you also do need to have your own life within that to not be constantly navigating them. So that is really important. Um, not to then shut yourself off 
completely from them but to be able to like know who you are properly and i think you probably can't have as full a life and as full a relationship as you would want to if you don't have a full life yourself yeah and um so there's navigating that which is i i don't think you need to break up with everyone in order to do that but you do need to focus on like who you are in yourself and what you enjoy not in relation to other people and i say this as someone who um is very over accommodating as well so <laughs> ultimate solidarity my comrade um but maybe you do need to be on your own for a bit just so that you can start to develop some new patterns and have a little bit of like i i don't know kind of physical memory that you know oh okay i can operate on my own and yeah. i don't need someone else and then it then can be more of a choice as to whether you're with someone or not yeah. um as opposed to like i need this to to exist because i only exist in relation to other people yeah. and, and and actually yeah both both of those things require you uh, getting to know yourself and being okay with yourself and that that isn't something that you uh that, that there's no um absolute truth here <laughs> but like of of ultimately knowing yourself there's it's a it's like fitness it's something that you have to keep on working at mm. all, all, like kind of all the time and and uh allocating time for yourself and w- the way that you like to live and be and care for yourself and all of that stuff yeah, because I think you can have an independent self and a sense of self, even if you're in relationships all the time or yeah. doing whatever. But if you've been nonstop, pretty much dating for 10 years, mm. then you've just never given yourself a chance to find out like who you are without any of those like entanglements happening. And I think the thing that kind of comes with relationships, particularly closer ones, though, like they say they've been in lots of more casual there's times when they've been in casual ones you know so it might just be like chiller time but it's like you have to be accommodating for other people's needs I guess this is mm. kind of what you're saying you have to be accommodating for other people's needs you have to think about what other people need or what other people want and I think that's really um good to do like in life or like as a person to like think about how other people feel and and to shape your time and your life in relation to caring for them but there is something very distinctly different between being in a relationship that's more serious or being in like a more casual relationship and being like single in Mm. terms of how you accommodate the people in your life and their time and how you deal with your own time and how much time you get to yourself and, and how that feels. Mm. Um, And I think, I don't know. I just think it's worth like experiencing that. Maybe it's just because I'm someone who loves to spend a lot of time on my own and like really enjoys my own company that i'm like i mean i guess that doesn't the two don't have to i'm kind of like torn because i'm like it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive no because you love both like i mean you love navigating people and your relationship with them more than anything in the world and also being on your own so i i feel like that is and and you probably have to check yourself in both directions (laughs) yeah yeah yep (laughs) (laughs) but then I, i i wonder what they mean by being single um only because i um as as uh part of like a, a period of time that i had when i was single like there was there was a good like six months in there where i i think i, I might have gone on a couple of dates with people but i like didn't they didn't progress anywhere they didn't go anywhere and i mm. didn't like like wasn't having sex with anyone in that time or even getting off with anyone oh bloody hell i love getting off oh my god it's so <laughs> lush um 
and and didn't during that time um just because it didn't happen it wasn't it wasn't a thing that i was like intending to do but i actually think it was quite that was quite good for me um but then also having a period where i was then like just dating people casually and like it and uh that 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 was also like really really nice but I don't know. I'm just wondering what they think they're thinking of when they say single, because if they've had plenty of casual things in their kind of polyamorous, like 10 year, sometimes casual dating, sometimes very serious going out with someone shtick, whether they mean like actually not interacting romantically with someone Mm. uh, with another person for like a sustained amount of time. Yeah, I think it would just be like, I don't know why six months comes to mind, but like, just say as an arbitrary amount of time, Mm. like, I'm not going to go on any dates. I'm not going to start new things up. Like, I'm not going to be like looking to instigate a new relationship or or whatever. I'm just gonna like, hang out with my friends, hang out with people I know, and like, do my own thing on my own time. Mm as like my social landscape rather than I think it can be hard if your social landscape is based around dating and the potential for dating like Mm. I think if the ways that you're used to interacting with the world is that everyone's like a bit of a potential date maybe and that (laughs) there's always like a possible romantic vibe that that can come out um and that's kind of a way that you have of being in the world and if it's that you're never single so like I know lots of poly people who like have periods of being single because they like you know are just like going through the world but if it's like you're constantly in like dating situations and I say this as someone who's like had that experience of the world it's kind of like how you interact with the world it's like a frame of reference you have for how you meet people and how you meet new people and how you think about your relationships or whatever and how they might progress and I think it can be good to shift the lens to be like oh that's not necessarily going to be how I encounter the world I'm going to encounter the world through a different frame that is like not engaging with that and kind of being on a different vibe Mm. for me the thing that's like um key is that though when they say like I think it's maybe not a good thing to always be in these relationships I think it's neither good nor bad it's just like how you've been but if you're asking these questions it seems like you maybe want to try a change and it doesn't mean it might not work for you and you might be like actually I really love my like bustling dating life yeah. And so, like, you can stick with that. But it seems like you want to, like, try some kind of change. And then the thing that they say, I should take time to be on my own and focus on self-development, etc. Like, do you have ideas of what that self-development might be? Like, is there stuff you're thinking about that you feel like, I want to work on this or, like, I want to, like, think about this stuff in my life or my whatever that being in relationships it's making harder to have the time or the emotional space to do that self-development like is there stuff that you have question asker like inklings of around these things and that's why you're asking these questions or is it because you like feel like maybe you're doing something wrong and you should like is it because you feel a desire in yourself to do it or is it because you're like experiencing some kind of shame or sense of Mm. catastrophe and so you feel like oh I should break up with everyone and just be on my own for a while or which is maybe like a bit of like a panic um yeah response to something or is it because you're actually like you know what I'm kind of feeling like I I want to just spend a bit of time with me um and like they say I think there's so much amazing growth and learning I've done through being poly and having so many varied and wonderful relationships like totally Mm. like having relationships with other humans like helps you grow and 
the spaces to be like vulnerable and express yourself and learn about who you are through like seeing yourself reflected back at you by another person. I mean, it's like amazing and fantastic and wonderful and, and very good. And of course that learning is real and like amazing, but there's also like lots of variations of learning that you can do mm. that don't require having a close romantic relationship, you know, in order for that to happen. Yeah. Um, also just <laughs> yeah. as a little, um, yeah, no, correct. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, only cause I said at the start about, um, like seeing a therapist or something, I know sometimes that can sound like quite strong, but actually I don't mean that it depends how you view it. I think we should not view that negatively in any way. I don't mean that as some extreme thing that you should do because your problem is so bad. I just, I, all I mean is that, um, it's, uh, if it's a pattern of behavior, a, a therapist can be very good for helping you through a pattern of behavior to understand um, and not to criticize yourself, but to manage your behavior mm. um, in in uh, a more sustainable way. If you're feeling like, oh, I, I, I don't like this or this isn't sustainable, but it's um, I'm not saying that as an extreme uh, measure for you to take, if anything, as a casual measure for, yeah. for you to take, um, just, yeah, to, like if- just to clarify in case anyone's... Um, feeling Um, judged yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah I mean if you feel like there's recurring patterns in how your relationships have ended then you need to figure that out like that's yeah that's just facts right yeah um like I've definitely done that I've been like okay I'm noticing these similar patterns come up relationships and like I can talk to my friends about it and like they can chat with me about and stuff but there's something about sitting with a therapist and like the permission and the like challenge and the like ways they lead you into insight and stuff that makes you can kind of be like oh that's what that means like Mm. "Mm, my parents you know whatever but like (laughs) it helps you kind of figure out maybe like where those recurring patterns are coming from where they might be rooted in what's motivating that stuff for you how you're experiencing it in like a deeper way like if those patterns like they might just be things that have happened and it's not really like a theme I personally kind of doubt that but it might come from like previous relationships you've had that were significant that shaped how you relate now and like definitely kind of unpacking that theme and that pattern occurring particularly if it seems like unsatisfying to you or like because sometimes like the pat a recurring pattern in how relationships end might be like we like lovingly part because we've grown into being different people Mm. and that's just like that's not a pattern that's just like having a series of healthy relationships and healthy endings to relationships but if it's that like something to do with how you or other people are avoiding or navigating or needing intimacy that is becoming like conflict or becoming unsustainable in relationships, then there's probably stuff, you know, worth unpacking there. And you don't have to be on your own to do that, but it might help because it might give you the space to think about your relationship to intimacy and connection with others without also having to be, in the situation that you're examining as you examine it but also sometimes examining your live situations and your live relationships can be give you lots of fruitful meaningful content to discuss and unpack definitely yeah i think if you're with people right now don't just break up with all of them (laughs) for the purpose of being on your own no and if that's been the pattern that you've been having in your relationships, then I think there's some <laughs> there's some meaningful information there that you yeah. feel this des- I I don't know. I'm just reading like the subtext in this is like a little bit of a desire to have time on your own. Mm. So like I think 
as that organically and naturally occurs in your relationships like as say you're in three relationships now you know as they potentially end just don't immediately replace them and just yeah, try and yeah, create yeah. a little bit more of that space for yourself um and see how it goes that's exactly it yeah not just almost like arbitrary ideology that it's yeah. like it is good to be single therefore break yeah. up immediately like it's not not about that but if you are feeling that you want this then <laughs> yeah obviously pursue that also, I'm going to say something that's a little controversial. Uh-oh, is this another reactionary opinion? Yeah, me and my reactionary opinions, <laughs> um, which we are not going to be sharing. No. <laughs> um, uh. If you've been polyamorous for almost 10 years now, depending on when you started, I would imagine that you might be in your early 30s now. And it's also entirely possible that a relationship model that worked for you when you were in your early 20s and there wasn't a global pandemic doesn't work for you in your early 30s and this isn't to say that like you you should stop being poly or there's anything wrong with that but that maybe it's also just time to like have a little revisit and update about what kind of relationship structures you want to be having like maybe part of it is that you're like actually I've like had this approach to how I deal with my relationships for like 10 years and it needs a little bit of a revamp and a rethink and a reflection time. Um, Mm. And like, I'm just saying that might be controversial because it might be read as being like anti-poly and like, "Mm, you're 30 now, like go be monogamous, like a real adult, which is absolutely not what I mean. (laughs) Just that like, if you're in this time of like, I've just dated nonstop for 10 years in this really particular way, maybe what is necessary isn't to like break up with people or to be on your own, but just to think about what it means to you to be in relationships and how you approach them. And if it still works for you, or if you're just kind of doing a thing that you decided Mm. to do or doing an approach you decided to do years ago and you've just like never kind of stopped with. Mm. That's so good. I mean, incredibly reactionary, but it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Okay, so another question that we have is, I hear him, Um, I can never work out if I feel uncomfortable in queer spaces because of my own insecurities or because of genuinely being unwelcome due to not being outwardly queer enough, which makes people feel uneasy, particularly if it's a very white space. So this is is not an experience that I have a huge problem with. I mean, partly because of being white and also because of having like a very gay demeanor and gay face. (laughs) And, like, particularly now being on, like, Zoom all the time, having, like, a very, like, non-cis presentation because, hey, there's my pronouns up on the screen. Like, not everybody gets it because sometimes people don't give a fuck. But, like, I'm visibly not – I'm visibly queer a lot of the time. I just love you and your gay face. (laughs) You and my gay face. Um. So I don't necessarily have this thing of like people don't read me as queer enough, um, but I do know what it's like to feel uncomfortable in queer spaces and like to not always feel welcome or to not feel queer enough. Like I think no matter how queer you are, there's often going to be this thing of like, oh, am I not, do I not fit enough? Am I not allowed to be here enough? Am I not, you know, am I not having the wildest sex or the looking the coolest or, you know, talking about, I don't know, do the butler, like, enough or whatever. Like, just, like, not – there's, like, loads of different ways 
that you can feel not queer enough or not meet that standard and that's part of the like society we live in right that like makes people Mm. feel like you have to work harder you have to be better like you're not gay enough you're not trans enough you're not queer enough you're not this enough like there's a threshold that people have to pass in order to be accepted and I think sometimes that can be exacerbated in certain situations where there are people who are like queer enough because they look really visibly queer and there's certain types of violence that they experience um, as a result of that. Mm. Or like, you know, they there's no opportunity for them to like hide in any situations they're in how that they're queer. And so there's ways that they experience violence or discrimination or hate or like difficulties. And so sometimes those people can band together and be like, you know it can feel like a little bit of a club that you can't access because you you don't fit because you're not experiencing the same things you know Mm. so I think in terms of like queerness or transness there's a there's a spectrum like everybody can be queer but there can also be a spectrum of the ways in which people experience their queerness due to like outward perceptions or things like that Mm. I think then that's also complicated by the fact that like particularly in like the UK like there's a very white queerness and so there's like queer and gay spaces that are very white dominated and don't have like space for expressions of queerness or expressions of gayness that don't fit a particular kind of visual thing like my gay face is because I'm like adopting and presenting like very like western left queer aesthetics or whatever and that's not always necessarily possible or desirable for everyone like regardless of like Um, anything and so then people get treated really shit and also like these spaces are just like fucking racist sometimes right and so like it doesn't matter you know it forces people of color to like perform particular types of gayness or queerness in order to be accepted and then there's often like a really like tokenizing or like fetishizing thing that happens in those processes it's like a space in which you like can't win so like I feel like I can never work out if I feel uncomfortable with queer spaces because of my own insecurities or because of like not being welcome it's like I mean maybe it's both but also like you know it's there's not it's like I don't know it's like everything right like the thing that's actually happening is like systemic injustice being really bad and like Mm. impacting on the ways that we can connect to each other through our like shared identities and experiences and like building and creating and fostering insecurity in us individually so that we don't feel like like we're allowed to be there or we're not sure if we belong and also like fostering like people's prejudice and racism and sexism and femphobia and all of these different types so that spaces do become unwelcoming um so I can never work out if I feel uncomfortable Mm. in these spaces it's like probably like a b c d and e all of the above (laughs) yeah yeah but that doesn't oh, make it easier to navigate. No, not at all. And and I've got all the all of the love for this fella because that's that's impossible and also really difficult to like. We we want some spaces to be able to um go to and like practice our activism or just or or mm. just be in a community or or whatever. And um my my instinct, which says everything about like my identity, mm. is fuck them. Um, but if, if that's, <laughs> um, for, for either reason, if it's, if it's because you're, if it's you, if it's them or if it's both, fuck them. And like, uh, that like have a different, 
have a different space or create your own space or whatever. But obviously that also might not be possible. And so that's really like, that's just sad and mm. and exhausting um, to just be like, where, where am I going to like fit in? Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I think you're so right as well that this is, this is the society that we live in. I had a friend talk similarly the other day and they, they're um, uh, like uh, gender non-conforming um, person of colour, um, but they kind of present as um, uh, like they look very masculine. And um, they were just saying they feel so, even in the space that they've got like really carefully carved out for themselves, now they feel like, they're too masculine for it and so they don't mm. fit in and they're like there's all of these different things going uh going on and even though they're 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 kind of gender and that like that this should be a point of solidarity and, mm. and a point of like bringing a load of people together and instead it feels like they just feel more and more divided um and in these space yeah so it, it 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 sounds really exhausting but but also it sounds like quite a lot of people are in the same or are in similar boats yeah you just um, kind of have to find your allies in those situations yeah but it doesn't really solve it do. no yeah but it's also i think a thing that like i don't know if this is particular for this person but i think there's also a thing about how people like read masculinity um <clears throat> and engage with it like there's definitely friends of i've had friends who are trans who like you know um in their their youth learn how to be like really loud and bold as like for them an experience of being like feminist um or like anti-white supremacist to be like no I'm going to reject this title of the angry black woman and I'm going to be like a loud and strong woman or like people who are like no as a feminist thing I'm going to be someone who's like quite butch but like really like strong and confident and then when they transitioned and were read more as men um suddenly these behaviors like took on a different thing and they became oh, God, yeah. threatening or they became aggressive and they needed to be stopped mm. or they, you know, what had been behaviors that for them were like ways of being confident and proud and strong in their identities. And like, that felt like a feminist and like bold rejection of like really like harmful ideas about what, about certain types of women became things that made them like, predators or or like read as being predators or read as being creeps or read as being aggressive hostile angry men even though that wasn't what was happening and that wasn't the case and I think that kind of comes back to some of the ideas people have about how men should behave and what is acceptable mm. behavior for men and what it even means to be a man in these kind of narrow categories of like the behavior we do that of course is grounded in like having like awful men who are angry and aggressive and violent and hostile and that certain behaviors you know indicate that they're going to be dangerous or like you know like it's obviously a very complex landscape yeah. that I feel like I'm not doing justice to at all um but I just think that it's about like there's like so many categories of how we read people and so many expectations we have of how people should behave based on what we what category we think they are or what we think their presentation means rather than being able to engage with people not necessarily on a more individual level though in some ways that is but in a way that like creates space for like the diversity of people's experience yeah. and like ways of being um and i <laughs> oh god it's so hard there i, I just try, trying to think like what what can this 
what can this person like take away from it? Because because I, I imagine like they know all this. Yeah. Yes. And so and so then like what the. <laughs> Um, I guess just like you're not on your own like I know lots of people like and I've had partners who are like queer um men who like can be read as straight um yeah and then it's uncomfortable sometimes for them to like date someone who looks a little bit like me because then they feel like they're being read as more straight even though that's not what's happening and we end up in situations of like oh we can just be read as this like nice lovely heterosexual couple who look a bit mm. like weird but maybe they're just hipsters <laughs> when actually like that's yeah, not what's yeah. happening um yeah, yeah 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 and i think particularly when i was younger that sometimes would frustrate me if i dated men that i would be read in a certain way and now i just don't really care because i feel a lot more confident mm. in like being a massive homosexual um <laughs> <laughs> do you think then that is the is that the kind of heart of it then is to like try even though it's really really hard and there are all of these reasons why this feels impossible but trying to um care less about what other people are thinking and just be focusing i don't know it just feels so basic but like is that is that the limit of what can happen here i think you just have to go in knowing that you're like feeling like this might feel a bit uncomfortable but Mm. i know i'm confident that it's okay for me to be here and yeah. I'm going to be like aware that some people might have funny reactions and that might be because they like can't tell if I'm queer or it might be because they're like a racist prick, like, mm. and I'm not always going to know. So like, I can be like polite in the way that I engage, but I know, like, I know I'm allowed to be here and like that, like, I know I'm allowed to be here. Like, yeah. and have a, like, just try and hear a voice of like, a friend even if they're not there being like you're allowed to be here um yeah like take up the space that you need because that's why we create these spaces that's why we create a queer space is because in the wider world of like straight people everywhere um and also like straight societies so like the structure of society not just the people we don't always feel welcome we don't always feel seen we sometimes encounter you know there's lots of stuff the reason we create create queer spaces is to relax into and expand into and like grow in. Mm. And so like, you're allowed to be there, like be there and take up space. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard, isn't it? Cause so much of that is just about the way that any behaviors are read exactly like you were just saying before, mm. a, like a, a kind of visibly queer person taking up some space in one of those spaces Mm. it like that's something to celebrate but if someone is way more kind of um straight seeming that like that that space that they're then taking up even though it might be costing them quite a lot to Mm. take up some of that space it might not be seen in the same sort of generous way and that that's that is just going to take its toll isn't it but yeah maybe it's just knowing that like if those people want to judge like that or or i don't know be whatever way that they're not practicing lefty queerness very well or something i don't know their lefty queerness might be founded on like gatekeeping and like people who just look like me and act like me and then that's great that they're being authentic to their like shitty ideas but like (laughs) that's not really the world that we want to make is it (laughs) no no yeah that's good sorry sorry go on no please go ahead 
but I think I, I think that's exactly that's exactly the one to to where where my initial response of like fuck them um, mm. is that like it, it probably is fuck them but it might be fuck them I'm gonna stay anyway yeah um and then hopefully through time there can be and it will take effort and it's not fair and maybe just being validated that like this isn't fair mm. but like the with time hopefully that space can be carved out um there some things might be a lost cause and obviously you've just got to judge like is this a lost cause or not and that's also exhausting um mm. but but yeah there might just be an element of like fuck them and stay or fuck them and fuck off <laughs> i think also like maybe this is like a little bit um like the imaginary thing of like oh coming up with the imaginary good outcome and then just like hoping that happens but I think sometimes if you can take up a little bit more space because if like you're in a meeting and there's someone who comes and you're not totally sure if they like are meant to be there and then they don't say anything the entire meeting and you don't really get a sense of who they are Mm. then you're kind of like who's that guy whereas if they come and they take up a little bit more space and they like you know show and share who they are and like why they're meant to be there even if it's shit to have to try and like you know pull your gay card out of your wallet and put it down on the table or whatever (laughs) but like if you do that little bit of taking up space which isn't dominating space but it's like taking up space to like I'm allowed to be here and I can exist and I'm going to show who I am sometimes that can like build the bridges a little bit I mean that's gonna really mostly help in a space that you might come back to but that can like build the thing of like people validate and accept you and see you which can soothe the insecurity and it can also be like oh like I'm welcome here and people aren't you know uneasy and like you know a tactic is to just try and be like no I'm gonna show up like maybe you're allowed to be here take up space but like I'm gonna show up authentically and like with vulnerability and like with an intent to connect that can be like a way to work through like it doesn't matter if it's insecurities or because you're unwelcome. Like if you show up, if you've, you know, been like the previous question answer and like spent a bunch of time on your own and really figured out who you are and have, feel a real sense of, I know who I am and I know what I am, then you can show up, you know, with vulnerability and with authenticity and with like a desire to like connect and know and be known. And then that might, you know, be ways to like, navigate through those spaces and sometimes it's going to be painful sometimes you're going to encounter Mm. dickheads sometimes you're going to encounter people who like don't respect you or don't see you but like try not to let that shape how you show up yeah it does take a lot to show up again and again with that kind of vulnerability though doesn't it and and also to have your very clear red lines of like when is enough enough with with this stuff and with these different spaces but also knowing that like one person might not be representative of a whole space so if someone is a prick in there they might not be the whole group but then also they they kind of might be (laughs) um and working out your red lines there that's really yeah the ideal the absolute ideal is to be able to show up with vulnerability and to give things time but if you just feel like you've done that for your whole life and you're kind of sick of it and you just want to be in a space where you can just be um then yeah can can understand how that's just but to find the space to just be you kind of have to do the vulnerability stuff yeah you have to show up in the space and find your people yeah it's so true and like 
if you can't tell if you feel uncomfortable because of your own insecurities or because of being unwelcome, there's nothing you can do about being unwelcome because of how people perceive you unless you want to like, I don't know, dye your hair and do whatever, like, I don't know, you know, start wearing different clothes or something like, you know, if you don't really want to change how you present yourself or how you look, then the thing, the only thing that you can work on is your own insecurities and being able to show up confident you know, and finding ways to speak to those insecurities because that's the only thing that's, like, within your control that you can do anything about. And if you can manage that, then it will be easier in those situations to be like, no, I am I can see my insecurities coming up, but I'm feeling I've got my tactics to soothe them. I've got my tactics to speak to them. The reason I'm feeling weird here is because I'm not welcome and so I'm not going to stay and be here with these people because yeah. they're treating me like shit, you know? Yeah, I agree. But come and be in queer spaces with me i want to hang out (laughs) (laughs) um would you like to do another question it's a quick one i think this one i'd like another one okay cool so this is a she her i'm feeling increasingly frustrated with the fact that some of my friends and flatmates are all still semi-regularly getting together in groups and having parties late into the night i understand the desire i have it too and don't want to be judgmental and self-righteous their actions are for them to decide but it ultimately makes me resent them for doing it because it makes me feel isolated and it gives me really bad FOMO. I feel like they're connecting with each other and bonding during these nights they are sharing and it steps on my sore spots about being left out or feeling outside the group. I do not at all want to engage in behaviours I think will put others in my community at risk, but I can't stop myself getting really annoyed every time they do. I just want it to be a non-issue in my life. What's the root to this? This is not going to be a non-issue in your life. There's no <laughs> root to this being a non-issue. Like, <laughs> no. This is The pandemic is not going to change. Maybe in a few months you'll be able to join in the parties and then it, I guess it will be a non-issue. So the route to it not being a non-issue is like international adequate response to the global <laughs> pandemic that we're all facing and like an appropriate vaccination schedule and reasonable social distancing measures put in place so that, you know, human life is um, yeah prioritised over economic whatever. So, exactly, so go and do that. So just go, just go do that. Just <laughs> yeah. go fix the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Then you probably won't have this issue. Yeah. I think it's totally fair to feel frustrated and left out. Um, I think it's also okay to feel like a little bit judgmental and self-righteous. Like if people are getting together in ways that impact on you or like that, you know, feel like these are people that are your friends, but they're not sharing your values around stuff. You know, it's okay to feel like a bit like, confused by that upset by that angry about it it's also okay to be like this is behavior that I don't think is the correct way to go about things and I wish it wasn't happening like or I don't think it should happen like I think it's fair enough for people to be like this is what I've decided and this is how I'm going to go about things but you're also allowed to judge people for like not doing it in ways that you think are like a good way to do it like I if someone sits on top of the train when it goes as a way to ride it and we're like on the London tube, I'm going to be judgmental because I'm like, that's not the right way to ride the train. And that's probably going to hurt you and hurt others. So like, don't think you should be doing that. You know, that's maybe a really extreme. I love that as an example. I love that. (laughs) But like, you know, it's fine to like have those things. I think what is really important is how it affects your relationships with those people. And, like, yeah. if it's your friends going off and having time together and you feel bad FOMO and really isolated, that's totally, totally legit. And, like, 
really scary. But if your flatmates are like having people over and having parties late into the night, like that's impacting on you and like your safety and well-being and like what you can do with your life. And I think it's really okay to have like quite a strong like vocal opinion about that in that situation. Yeah, you should be able to veto that, surely. Yeah, that's not like... Change the locks. Oh, I feel left out. That's like, (laughs) hey, we need to talk about how we like navigate our shared living space if that's yeah, something yeah. that's uncomfortable for you you're like definitely allowed to say something about that but then if it's a if it's a FOMO thing I don't know I've got a lot of sympathy um for um for the friends here as well just <laughs> partly partly just because the it's it's not been collective in the way yeah. that it should have been and um I think if if there'd been a concerted collective effort from the start from from particularly obviously from government and whatever then yeah i I mean i don't think we'd be in this mess right now if that had happened yeah um but because it has i think i I do have a lot of sympathy for people who want to do that um and so yeah your judgment obviously that's that's fine but maybe some understanding of of i don't think there's a lack of understanding of the people doing it i think she's like yeah i get why people want to do it like i want to do it too She's like, it just feels shit because I'm not going to do it. And so I feel left out and like not included in, in the friends and the social. She's not, I think her thing is less about like, I want them to stop doing it. She's like, how do I deal with the fact that this is what my flat mats and my social group are doing? And like, she feels really annoyed and she's like, how do I stop feeling annoyed? Or like, how do I deal with the resentment and the isolation and the FOMO? Which I think depends on what kind of like relationships you have with your flatmates and friends. Yeah. But I think you can say to them, guys, I really don't want to do this stuff. Like, and I, you probably have to take care of their feelings because people are really sensitive to being judged in this stuff. But be like, it's totally, I get that you guys want to do that. I don't feel comfortable with it, but like all power to you. It's just that I feel really left out, but I don't want to like be coming to parties and stuff yet. So like, are there ways that like we can hang out you know, as well, like doing an app. I mean, it might be different now because I don't know when this letter was sent. So this might be before we had like the six people in a park or whatever thing is happening. But, you know, try and be like, hey, can we do something sometimes as well that mean I can come along too? And I yeah. think that would be true of like, you know, if you were like a really tall person, I don't know why height is the thing that comes out to, <laughs> really tall and like, all your friends were really short and kept like meeting in rabbit warrens. I think it would be fine to be like, Hey guys, like totally get that you want to meet underground, but could we like meet somewhere with like a higher ceiling sometimes? Is that chill? Like, you know, that's, it's fine to say like, I would like to hang out with you because you're my friends. I don't want to hang out in the ways that we're hanging out now because, and then that would be true. Like if everybody's was like really into roller skating and you're like, look, I fucking hate roller skating. But like, can we go and hang out in this place? You know, like that's a fine thing to say, to ask for from your friends or from your flatmates. Um, if if her flatmates are going out though and yeah. hanging out with other people, yeah, and then coming back to the flat anyway, yeah, then doesn't it make that redundant? So maybe it is. It's either that means asking them to stop doing that because of her and and her. I don't know her safety yeah or it means accepting that 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 is then a risk I, I don't know those feel like those are the two kind of options and, and it's, it's probably less about judgment and more about 
I haven't really consented to this and this is this is then quite difficult but well I mean that's the hard thing about living with people this year right like everybody has different standards for what they feel comfortable with in terms of risk and exposure and you have to live with people who have to go to work and stuff like that I understand but I don't um I don't know trying to navigate through the the FOMO element of it because no but she's no but I think it's different because like there's a different feeling right in being like okay my flatmates have been going to parties and like I'm with live with my flatmates but it's you know when it comes to COVID, it's a question of exposure. So, like, yeah. your flatmates could go to parties and you still might not get it. Yeah, that's true. And so, like, it is possible to, like, for that to be the case. Obviously, your risk is much, much, much more heightened, but it's totally possible. And, like, yeah. it depends on how she navigates being in indoor space with her flatmates and stuff. But there's also a difference between being like, okay, my flatmates are going to parties and that's increasing my risk of exposure and that sucks to... I'm going to parties. So like yeah, yeah, being I in see. my house with my two flatmates feels like there's not much I can do about that. But like I feel angry or resentful about it, but there's not much I can do. Whereas the act of being like, and I'm going to go sit in a room with like eight yeah, people yeah, or yeah. 10 people or five people or however many people, like that clearly is like, you know, the barrier between, I mean, to me that reads like the barrier between what she feels comfortable with and what she doesn't feel comfortable with in yeah. terms of her own behavior, which is the only thing she can control in the situation. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, so now that we've got through my misunderstanding, um, <laughs> now <laughs> now I can join you. Um, hey, Elio. Um, Hello, so, Sam. Yeah, I agree with what you said before. <laughs> yeah, I so, think just like have a, like I don't know what kind of chats you've had with your flatmates, but have a chat with your flatmates about like, hey, this is stuff. This is how I feel about this. How can we like navigate this collectively as best we can? And like you might not all get what you want, and you might not get what you want, but at least you've like kind of raised it, and it's a conversation, and hopefully they treat you with care. And with your friends, like if they're doing it, be like, "Hey guys, I know you're having like I'm like you're going to parties, and that's what you're doing, but like I feel a bit left out. Like, are there ways yeah. we can plan social things that I can be a part of as well, and just have to like eat your FOMO feelings? Like they're gonna party, they're gonna have fun, they're gonna bond, and you're not gonna be a part of it for now, but like." find ways to stay connected with them through other kind of social interactions and just maybe find other connections that you can have with people who maybe share your values about um, yeah. how to navigate this kind of stuff so that you can feel a bit more like held and confident in other relationships and less like, because sometimes the thing that feels isolating is like, not just that you're not invited and you don't, you're not welcome, but that people see the world so differently to you can be sort of mm. like confronting and alarming and like make you sort of doubt the bonds and, and the sense yeah. of closeness you might've felt with these people before. It is really annoying as well. Like to just like you saying there, if, if, if you're say confronting, but that feels quite aggressive, but it sort of is that, but maybe a lesser aggressive version. <laughs> if you're confronting your housemates about this, yeah. like you say, they, there is a risk that they feel judged yeah but that's also really unfair because like they also haven't if you're then if you're then needing to be this this level of considerate that they also aren't showing to you Mm. by like saying yeah i don't know about you as well but me and my housemate we've been talking about how how does it escalate to the next level what are we comfortable who are we comfortable with seeing and uh, and where and all that sort of stuff and those have been like quite active conversations and i think that's not a big deal to like that's a minimum requirement in 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 a friendship anyway but also in a yeah particularly in a housemate situation in the pandemic so um it is really annoying 
I, I think you will have to show consideration about them feeling judged, but also you do deserve a bit of consideration yourself as well. Yeah. Um. So I think that is that is annoying. And but aside from that, I think you are just going to have to deal with the FOMO. That's so annoying. Yeah. So annoying, but like, there's there's not really anything else you can you can do if you've got those red lines. Like you're going to get annoyed because you think their behavior is irresponsible and because you're left out, like that's just going to happen. So I think you just have to accept that you're going to feel that way and like just try and find, just kind of boil it down, like boil, drill down a little bit into what what the feelings are. So like, is it that you, like you've kind of said you feel left out and you feel isolated. So what's ways you can deal with isolation either with this friend group or with other friend groups that you develop or with other kinds of ways of being connected with people, um, you know, who are people you can talk to, who you can be like, my fucking housemate did this. And they'll like validate, (laughs) you know, your feelings about that. Um, And what are ways you can talk directly to the people involved to try and like have a bit more communication about it that hopefully will help you feel a bit more respected and and held with care. Um, It's not going to be a non-issue in your life. It actually needs to be probably an even bigger issue that you like, really confront head on through like a lot of communication and seeking out um ways of being so i'm sorry that we can't (laughs) tell you i mean the way to make it a non-issue is to move a house get your own flat live alone and never speak to any of your friends again but that doesn't sound like the kind of path that you want to take do you want to talk about some best advice i ever got yeah i'd love that so this advice was I've run out of best advice. I mean, I probably have some more, but like, I was just like, I've kind of run out. So this was from a friend who I said, I'm recording this podcast with Sam. Do you have any best advice? And they were like, oh yeah, actually I've got some that my um, therapist gave me that I saw was seeing last year. And I was like, oh, well, I love this. I love this already. Professional advice. Here we go. Professional advice. So the advice was about taking control. And they said, I tend to get trapped in a pattern of trying to take control of a difficult situation by doing more and working harder. And then I crash and can't do anything. And I resent the situation and the people involved. So the therapist suggested that taking more control doesn't always look like just doing more. It can also look like asking some questions about what's going on, either to yourself or to other people, or even taking a break from it. And this person said, I literally don't think I had considered that working harder wasn't always the optimal response to something difficult. Relatedly, my advice to myself over the last year has been trying to balance the Octavia Butler quote, there's no end to what the living world will demand of you, with the question, what if what you did was enough? God, I love that shit. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Working harder isn't always the optimal response to something difficult. What if what you did was enough? I feel very heard and seen and validated um, mm. in this for like my um, my accommodating vibes. <laughs> so like, yeah, sometimes either like either stepping back or asking some questions, asking for some clarity or something. Yeah, that's yeah, enough. Just not always having to do, do more. more. You can just ask questions about what's going on. Even just and, take a break. Just take a break. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the kind of um thing I definitely identify with is like the res- uh, responsabilization thing of just feeling like kind of responsible for every single situation. I think that's why in, in the last ad- uh, advice or the last question that we were answering, mm. um, 
that feels really key is to go like yes you need to be careful of um their them feeling judged but also you deserve a level of like you're not wholly responsible for this they're responsible as well yeah um and uh so yeah i I I really like that um that that you're not responsible for every single situation and the other people are as well yeah yeah I, i really like it thanks very much yeah. I liked I liked that advice as well. Um, I really like the what if what you did was enough. I feel like a mm. lot of people need to hear that. Big time. Um, particularly, and I like the way this person's balanced it with the Octavia Butler quote, there's no end to what the living world will demand of you. Yeah. But what if what you did was enough? God, that's really good. It's really good. It's really good. I like don't um, even have that much to add to it because I'm just no, like, no. oh, this is really good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just made me think of lots of ways of saying exactly what it's just said in a, yeah. yeah the same sentiment. I feel I've like got I'm just like repeating the sentiment. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Of well, being like... the the best advice that I had um, as well was kind of related, which was yeah, learn how to uh, let it go. And the let it go thing, obviously, very pertinent for me um, because my mum's advice to me when I didn't get the part of Olaf in the Frozen Frozen musical on the West End. I still think that that is like a shocking error that someone's made to not give you the part of Olaf. Oh, of course, of course. But um, yeah, but my mum's advice was to let it go, of course. And um, um, she's a joker. Yeah, Yeah, joker. Um, But yeah, learning when to let it it go (laughs) is... Is really good, and that's not easy, I think, as well, because sometimes this ties into the responsabilization thing. Sometimes you're like something. If you put enough energy or effort or work into something, it could it could succeed or it could work or or whatever. But is it succeeding worth the time and effort and all of that stuff? And just because I don't know, do, do, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, that I think there are, it's like a small project that started up a while ago that I now don't have any time for at all or energy or um, always my, my, the way I'm trying to judge things at the moment is do I have the will capacity and enthusiasm for it? Mm. And if, if I don't, then I'm like, unfortunately I must sack this off. Um, mm. And I'm going to sack this thing off. I'm going to, we're running one event and then not doing it anymore um, unless someone else takes up the mantle like in which case great but otherwise i don't consent to my time being used up like that and that is like it it feels like a small revolution for me Mm. as opposed to having loads of little projects where i'm feeling constantly guilty and this constant like little bits of burden none of which are even that big like i could probably sort out all of that to-do list if i just really focused my time over a few hours but actually it's 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 the fact that if i complete the stuff on that to-do list it will just create more stuff and that like that stuff will never ever die and that so that octavia butler quote of like there being no limits to the demands the living world will yeah demand of you there's no end to what the living world there's no end end yeah they're like that is that is so true and the problem is the more you engage with it quite often the more work it can can Mm -hmm. create um and that's true of relationships if you're if you're really really like desperately making something work that maybe maybe shouldn't be working that the the pattern that you will be setting up is that you put in this amount of work in order to make it continue oh sam's like a knife in my heart that little i know exactly what you mean yeah and that's like and and that's not what you want for yourself and the 
the idea is yeah i understand the impulse because it's my own impulse is to go if i just put this much work in then it will be sustainable um but actually the work at making something sustainable is quite different from the work needed to build something up it's a sunk cost fallacy someone told me about this the sunk cost fallacy which is like the feeling that it's i think it comes from like economics or something yeah but like you know if you're building a hotel if you spent you know you've like oh my budget was 10 pounds to build this hotel and now mm. you've spent 14 pounds it's like i'm over budget but i've already spent so much and it's still going to take another five pounds to finish it <sighs> and then maybe i'll spend the five pounds and it'll be even more but you're like but i don't want to quit now because i've already put so much in oh and my so god sometimes that can be true in relationships right where you like yeah. like i've put so much in i don't want to leave it now or not keep trying because maybe yeah. if i just put a little bit more in that's going to be like the secret sauce totally but sometimes it is not the secret sauce sometimes it's just that something's done and you need to stop putting more into it yeah 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 100 percent. um yeah it's true of relationships and uh organizations and <laughs> everything i think um yep but not yourself always put a little bit give a little bit more to yourself a little bit of generosity a little bit of love affection and encouragement I think that those things aren't about, um, it's not a push in order to make something work. It's not like a, mm. if I invest enough capital in myself, then I'll finally be happy. Actually, oh Sorry, shit. What? Maybe... <laughs> I Whoa. feel like that is true, but now you're making me question whether or not it's true. Yeah, I don't think that's, uh, uh, oh God, maybe it depends on the thing. and Maybe this is too big. But then that comes back much. to the question of like, what if what you did was enough? Because it's like. no but i think we're probably we're probably confusing two different ideas but like, that's why i kind of like this idea because i feel like oh, you and i are both people who like really like to achieve really like to make things good and like i like yeah therapy is amazing you go and you work on yourself when you finally produce someone who's like really like high quality <laughs> and maybe if we engaged with that also through the lens of like what if what you did was enough what if just being the people that we are is good enough and we don't have to be better sleeker more efficient more any of the categories we might want to be more in but what if it's just enough and we don't have to do more but doing more can also help us enjoy our lives and feel good in our lives and have good relationships and good times but it's not necessary in order to be good yes. <laughs> although although maybe uh, yeah maybe, maybe this is where we're just thinking of like slightly different things because i don't think of <laughs> I'm not thinking of therapy as something that I do temporarily until I'm fixed. Mm. And if I just put enough time in, then I'll be fixed and then I can carry on. No, that's definitely how I think about therapy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to talk to my therapist about this. Yeah. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> where, and like, and that kind of goes for most things, I imagine. Like, that like goes for fitness as well or, or diets that you're like, well, you can't just you it shouldn't be a thing that you just engage with until you're you're fixed and then you can go back to like living like how you were before that it's like the, mm. these things should be a constant process of like Change. learning but not not so that you can go like finally i i i know enough i know that that uh, definitely is the case with like acting jobs definitely thought that at the start like just when i left drama school and thinking if only i can get this sort of job and then i'll be happy or if only i yeah. get this and then i'll be happy and it being like, oh, I'll put all of this work in for that. And and 
I definitely feel a lot more sustainably happy. It's not even like it's, it creates happiness. It just creates less anxiety and less like like a bubbling panic all the time about whether I'm enough. Instead, it's like, oh man, if this thing comes along, that'll be really fun. But also my life is fine without it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that maybe, maybe we need a bit more time to actually have a think about what the hell we're saying here. But yeah, I feel um, like there's some stuff that's come up here that I need to unpack. Yeah. Cause that's fine. We've got the rest of our lives. Yeah, it's true. We do have the rest of our lives. And may they be long. <laughs> <laughs> Please let them be long. Oh God. God, I love living. Oh God. Okay, well, maybe realising that we have some stuff and thoughts we need to unpack and that we can't quite do it in the realm of the podcast is a good moment to be like, shall we Shall we end? Yeah. It was yeah. really nice doing this with you, Sam. I feel God, like we had lush. some nice questions. Yeah, really nice. God love you, you question askers. Yeah. May God, mm. may God have mercy upon your souls. <laughs> Oh, we're all going to hell, aren't we? Yeah, probably. Uh, oh, well. Um, so thanks for listening. If you have any questions or advice, you can find our Twitter account, which is at Best Advice Pod. And there's a link there to submit questions, feedback, or to tell us what the best advice you ever got was. Clearly, we're running out of best <laughs> advice, um, personally. So we're crowdsourcing now. So please, please share it with us. Also, um, worst advice. I think worst advice is really fun as well. Yeah, that's true. I would love some worst advice. <laughs> it was nice to do this with you, Sam. Yeah, it was lush. Loads of love. Bye.